the Nerd Nor Me podcast. I'm a big film nerd, Everett. And I'm Emerald, and I'm dating a nerd. On this week's episode, we will be covering The Fast and the Furious 6 through 9. Uh, for all of these, we will be just going straight into spoilers, and then we will jump to Fast X, the new one. Uh, and for that one, we will do non-spoilers first, and then spoilers, and for all of this, time codes will be below. Alright, let's get into it. It's time to prepare for what's coming. You might want to buckle up. Alright, so Fast 6 is the first one that brings someone back from the dead. So, I believe. It's not surprising, really, but uh, in this one, Hobbs assembles the team to send them on a mission, and Dom finds out that Letty is still alive and that she lost her memory. Uh, so it's basically him just trying to get her back. Yeah, um, and it's also, you know, five still kind of exists in a plausible deniability of they are trying to rob someone and they have fast cars. Yeah, it's a little, more than a little over the top. Uh, but this is the first one. There is a second team of these crazy spies who travel across the world to steal these crazy weapons and in this one um they're after some massive tech stuff and whatever and they have specialized cars that turn into ramps and launch people and um it's very spy oriented and they're brought in by the government as like contract operators and to bring down this evil team and letty's on the evil team um and yeah it's it's fun it's goofy it i don't think is like fully gone insane as they will later i think this one was a little boring okay yeah um i think it's it's not as good as five and it's not as dumb as some of the later ones so it kind of falls as just a generic action like super spy movie um but yeah the villain in this one is just kind of boring i mean i do like the actor but i feel like it's Luke Evans. Yeah, Luke Evans. I just, I don't feel like he was either crazy enough, threatening enough, or human enough to be a real villain. So it was just like, eh. Yeah. Um, and then this is the also the first one to really use the trope of if you hit a car, it will break your fall. Because <laughs> yeah. um, at, the, at the end, uh, Luke Evans and his team have a tank on a highway and are shooting at them and whatever and dom's you know dodge charger is magically able to fight tanks and do all these crazy stunts and he launches himself off his own car into the air to catch a falling letty and they break their fall by slamming into the windshield of another car and are totally fine which then becomes just a trope of the series where like if there's a car beneath you or water you will not get hurt regardless yeah. of the height of the fall yeah and then like back in the fifth one um the rock falls onto a car and does get hurt you know he breaks a couple ribs in his arm and a leg or something uh he then flexes his way out of the cast before he's <laughs> supposed to but you know there were still somewhat of stakes um and previously letty had supposedly died and we started a new romance with elena which just creates this weird gray area that hangs over the series going forward um but yeah in this one letty comes back and it's it's the start of a trope in which nobody stays dead in these movies um and it really starts to undercut any any stakes stakes yeah yeah but yeah that's that's kind of all i really have to say yeah about the six so we'll move on now to furious seven which i liked better because i found um what's his name jason statham i found jason statham to be a better villain because he had a real reason you know they got his brother locked up whatever but he's also like ends up being a regular character in the film franchise because he is a person like he understands you know the different stakes and everything and like i don't know i found and plus i like him as an actor i think he's cool yeah and i think he's he's a good foil to dom and that they both are doing this for family so you can't really point at him as just some 
idiot because you know this is the same thing our heroes are doing and we understand him within the context of this franchise and yeah jason statham is just fun um but this one was the one that had two villains and the other villain completely pointless random weird didn't need to be in it yeah and that second villain um he's after this thing called god's eye uh which can locate any person as long as they're within viewing distance of any camera on the globe it can hack into the camera and stuff and again this is we fully entered super spy territory they fly they're you know flying around the globe using crazy gadgets is this the first one where they have the agency like just that random mr nobody who works for a random agency that i think it might be yeah yeah. who also isn't really a relevant character to me i get that it gives them a reason to go on these missions because and like gives them someone to save them anytime something's too impossible to get out of but it's just like yeah okay. he, he's a plot device yeah. um it's a little bit like uh, a mission impossible the guy who you know gives them their mission at the start of the movie if you choose to accept it kind of vibe um and he sets them into motion and then also however he's used it's like oh no how are we possibly going to do this he shows up and rescues them or how are we possibly going to do this he shows up and goes oh hey i have this for you yeah and so it's just like literally there's no stakes going forward at all yeah which they kind of lean into it they like make jokes about how they're like roman he always talks about how they must be invincible because they never get hurt no matter what they do so it's starting to lean into the absurdity of it, but only I feel like certain characters are ever in on the absurdity. <laughs> Anyone who is not in the immediate vicinity of Dom will be in on the joke. As soon as you are around Dom or Dom is in a scene, it is the most serious, <laughs> dramatic moment about family and faith and just, you know, it's it's pretty funny i don't think these movies would be doing as well if vin diesel as a human wasn't so fascinating and like absurd (laughs) obsessed with these movies and thinking like it it really feels like he thinks these are high art dramatic telling people about the world and family movies and everybody around him is just in a dumb action movie for a paycheck yeah and it kind of works but if it was anyone other than Vin Diesel, I, I think this falls apart very quickly and yeah. just becomes, you know, kind of like um when they tried to reboot Jason Bourne with Jeremy Renner. It's like, well, you don't have a character I care about in Jason Bourne anymore. You just have a guy running around doing generic spy stuff. That's what these movies are. But because you have Vin Diesel at the core of it, it it works. Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say about the seventh one. Um yeah, obviously um, they get letty back the other lady who or that was the last one but whatever they get letty back in that one the lady who was supposed to be with dom or was dating dom is just like if my husband came back from the dead i'd leave you it's fine so she just walks away and um, then she's kind of in this one for two seconds but that's it yeah so we've lost giselle in the sixth one which is han's love interest gal gadot um and that kind of plays on Han's character in this. But in this one, we also get some more background. Or actually, I think it ends the sixth that we see Jason Statham may have killed Han or been involved. But then also Mr. Nobody somehow involved in this whole yeah, so death of Sun Kang. Jason and... Statham was the one who killed Han in Tokyo Drift. Um, and that's how s- number seven starts is him leaving dom a message that he started or that he killed Don as a way to start a war between them so this one ends with a street fight between vin diesel and jason statham because you know that's been this kind of whole thing is the street always wins and then dom single-handedly kicks the ground where it's starting to break and shatters an entire building and drops it on himself and jason statham uh, and Paul Walker comes in, tries to rescue Dom, and starts giving him compressions. Uh, and Letty pulls him off and is like, no, leave him. And then she's like, don't leave me, Dom. And with the power of love, 
brings he, him back to life. He comes back to life. Yeah, Paul Walker's trying to give him compressions, and those don't work because only tears and love and family can bring you back from the dead. Yeah, um, and so Vin she Diesel, regains her me- memories. Too. She regains. Oh yeah, that's just like tossed in there at the end. She's like, no, no, I remember everything now. It all just came back to me. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, moving on. Uh, and so then they go, and they're all kind of just like on the beach chilling at the end and paul walker um is there with his wife and kids and stuff uh and then he and dom get in their cars and they have to do like one final race and then he they split up and leave because they have to write paul walker out of the franchise because he did unfortunately pass away so they had to write him out they used his brother kind of as to fill in for the spots in the movie that he wasn't there to finish and cgi'd his face somewhat poorly over for the era it was as good as you could hope for and then yeah they he's in the other he's not in the other movies obviously but but he's talked about he's talked about i think maybe they should have somehow written him out of the franchise because every time they go on a mission from now on they're like yeah brian's just chilling at home with the kids yeah i think like it's you don't want to kill him in movie because he died in real life but at the same time the, their reasoning of just like, ah, oh, no, he's he's a family man now, when the whole point of this movie was that he's struggling being a family man and doesn't want to be one. And then in later movies, we see these same characters being, oh, Brian can't come because he's got to watch his kids, but we can ditch our kids to go on this super crazy mission. Yeah. It, it feels like, I don't know, and I don't know a better way to have done it other than probably just like, stop talking about Brian. But I also kind of get from especially Vin Diesel being so family centric in these and trying to create like that for the cast in the outside world and make it more than just a movie kind of thing. He doesn't want to just let one of the most influential parts of the franchise drop off the map. Yeah. So it does, it does leave them in a a weird situation. Um, But that then leads us into fate of the furious, which is full spy absurdity yeah no there's barely any driving in these anymore like there's like 10 minutes of driving scenes as much as there would be in any action movie and then it's just spies and crazy um charlie's throne with dreadlocks is trying to get again a super tech weapon thing and they have to try and hunt her across the globe as she hunts them oh and with this this one this one's evil dom yeah um, and he's evil because she, well, first of all, we don't know why he originally agreed to go with her because I guess she threatened his family. And then when he shows up on the plane, she was like, I have your ex-girlfriend who secretly had your baby. And, and he's like, what? No, I didn't know. And it's like, wait, so then why did you go? Yeah. And then he also lets Charlize Theron make out with him for a bit them in front of letty and she's like you didn't have to do that you could have stopped me but you chose not to like she literally says that in the movie yeah that it's his fault for and i'm just like wait what and this is really where the gray area of dom's treatment treatment of women like i get action movies are not known for their accurate depictions of relationships however the way dom objectifies letty constantly only ever says i love you once in a while and just like keeps her on a hook strings her along uses her in action scenes and whatever lets her she goes evil comes back doing all this kind of stuff is just very like obsessive and controlling uh and then he's got this ex-girlfriend that the second she died he ends up falling in love with her and they have this beautiful relationship and then letty comes back and they part ways but he still like kisses her goodbye um and whatever and then and when she comes back and is threatened before he even sees the kid he's like don't kill her i love her you know yeah he's still like very like he ditches letty and starts working for a team that's trying to kill them in order to save this woman and and then find and then out finds out he son. has a son with her who um, is a small ginger boy who ends up not being ginger at all and, in yeah. the other movies the ethnicities of any character are just ambiguous yeah they throw a dart at the map of the world and whatever country it hits is the ethnicity of that character for this particular movie yeah um but yeah and so it's just 
and then you know going forward um elena the second girlfriend who has the daughter or has the son with dom ends up getting shot in the head brutally by Charlize Theron um just to prove a point to to Dom and she'd already named her kid yeah and then Vin Diesel Dom changes the name of the child to honor his friend yeah Brian who's not even dead in this world yep and I mean like whatever I guess Brian got to name their son after Vin Diesel's dad so I guess he had no names left, but he could have, I don't know, in memory of the dead woman who carried the child, kept his name. Yeah. So, very weird. Anyway, it ends with them driving cars across ice, being chased by a giant submarine, and... But better than that, it ends with a very big fight scene between Jason Statham and a billion men while carrying a baby, which is one of the best, it's probably the best fight scene in the franchise. It's so cute and funny and just... It's one of the few times they're actually inventive and create a fun scenario where he has to do some work to get around an obstacle of yeah. carrying the, the baby. And he's also like... Silly and fun with yeah, the baby. Yeah, he like keeps checking in on the kid and playing music for him, putting headphones on him, like... Hence why he's a fun character. Yeah, and it's really the only, like, good part about this movie, other than the fact that they're starting to lean into just stupidity and absurd stuff. Um, But, yeah, I think this is... It starts to go go back downhill here for me, and just that it's, it's boring and long, and it just feels dumb and not enough characters are in on the joke and they push a missile away with their arm yes the rock (laughs) pushes a missile or a torpedo through the ice out of his way so that it doesn't hit them and hits a car that he wants it to all right going into f9 um so this one starts with a flashback of dom when he's younger and the event that killed his father. Um, Played by a real actor, which we were not convinced this wasn't some weird CGI Uncanny Valley human, but apparently they're real. Yeah, he looks very, very Uncanny Valley. Yeah, right in the almost fake-looking human. But a lot of people do in these, I think, later on, because almost everything is, like, green screen and CGI that it's just hard to tell. Um, Who is also... Well, he's actually from New Zealand, but he is a darker-skinned man. Then, certainly darker than Vin Diesel. Way darker than Vin Diesel. I think he's supposed to be, like, Hispanic-ish? Yeah. Latinx of some sort? Um, And this movie introduces John Cena's character, which is Jacob. Uh, Vin Diesel's brother, who technically caused the death of their father, but not really, and got banished, and now he's a super spy person. Yeah. and for a guy obsessed with family, he never mentions the brother that he cut off from his life and all of this stuff, of course, and whatever. And then, not only does he cut his brother off and him, he comes back, he comes back looking for revenge as a super spy, because yeah. that's what he's become, naturally. And they go to space, Yep. That's uh, the movie. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Han comes back from the dead. Yeah, that's also turns out to be orchestrated by Mr. Nobody, the yeah. classic get out of jail free card. No questions asked. He just comes back and they weren't like, mm, you could have hinted to us that you were alive, buddy. We mourned you for years and went to your funeral. Yep. Nope. <laughs> also, uh, Vin Diesel and uh, Michelle Rodriguez live on a cute little farm and have, you know, their son. And and that's really cute. And that's what I want to be doing. Um, and also, their son in this one is, you guessed it, white. But not in the next one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they just all are switching ethnicities a lot during this franchise. But anyways, they're living there on the farm their son knows how to hide from bad guys. They're bored of being parents and want to go do other things. And they go on a big adventure, as per usual. Hijinks ensues. Roman is stupid. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
Basically, Charlize Theron is back with an awful bowl cut instead of dreadlocks. Oh, God, it's so awful. Um, they do her dirty in this franchise. Yeah, and she's so she's back uh, and is after, or is held by Jacob and then um, John Cena's character, and then they end up kind of working together, and then she betrays him, and so he teams up with Vin Diesel, naturally, because everyone ends up teaming up with Vin Diesel. Um and then they save the day and that's it's just and then at the end they're friends with john cena again and they have a barbecue yep always ends with a barbecue and yeah honestly i don't don't have much more to say about this one this this nearly broke me (laughs) this movie particularly right after eight it's so unnecessary and long and yeah that's the other thing is all of these movies are like two hours or more yeah and it's so long (laughs) when you've watched them all (laughs) yeah and they're just they're they're trying to be cool slick action movies but they're lacking the like practical stunts of tom cruise's mission impossible movies they're lacking the suave nature of james bond yeah, because, like, They're... Top Gun Maverick, it's exactly like every other action movie, but it was phenomenal because it was practically done for most of it. Like, it's... Yeah, it, it feels The real. stakes are there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whereas this, you know, it's lots of CGI cars and planes and nothing follows the laws of physics. And so it just... It, there's, there's no reason to care. Han's now back from the dead. Letty's back from the dead. Dom was resurrected like three times in one movie but at least they did do i think this is the one they had that street race at the beginning for respect oh yes in, uh, <laughs> in cuba but i feel like that's more to their nature you know and yeah. then now yeah the rest of it was just unbearable yeah so this this one was really particularly rough but it at least set us up going into fast 10 fast 10 As I look out at this wonderful family, I am filled with so much pride. Uh, Yeah, so Fast 10. This is a spoiler-free part. Um, Man, this is hard to do without spoilers because it's just action all the way through. There's never... nonstop. It... This ended up being so bad it's good. Oh, for sure. The last ones were just kind of bad, long, and boring. This one's bad, long, and off the walls insane. Yeah, not only do they lean into the absurdity, they bring it up. They bring up the absurdity. uh, And, of course, not only do they have everyone else double down on the absurdity, they have Vin Diesel double down on the emotional stakes of his character. And he he is trying to give a art house oscar bait performance in and amongst the most dumb movie outside of the jurassic park jurassic world sequels that i have seen yeah in 10 years but it is everything to me this one it was I w- fun i would rewatch this yeah, one 100 percent. the other ones it was just kind of well another thing is we watched them back to back to back so that's why i would probably never rewatch those because it was just painful to get through all of them like that but but at the same time like neither of us were really looking forward to going to this one at this point we'd been a little burnt out on fast and the furious and within probably five minutes i was on board yeah my jaw was dropped i'm squealing laughing they have every celebrity cameo you can think of if it's, it's not just, an action scene there is a cameo from a celebrity it is bananas and so funny to me yeah. um in particular i want to highlight jason momoa Oh my I gosh. don't, I think he, I think, so they wrote the script, they sent it to the actors or whatever that they had on board and everyone else was like, oh yeah, okay, you know, um, run of the mill, fast and furious. Yeah. We'll play our comedy parts from Ludacris and, um, Tyrese Gibson will play, you know, a bit more serious from Han and Letty or Michelle Rodriguez, um, and Sun Kang. And then Jason Momoa read that and went, huh, this is the dumbest movie I've ever seen. 
I'm going to just have the most fun. So fun. I'm going to request the wardrobe department just gives me cool fashion stuff that I like to wear in my regular life. Yeah, not one shirt that he wears is not made of silk and a fun color. Um, he's so fun. It's it's wild. He's just out there. It's crazy. And it's so polar opposite to everything you've seen before in this franchise. Yeah. He is not serious. He is not... Yeah, he's trying to kill people and on a mission and whatever. And if you've seen the trailers, you know that. But he is not doing it like everyone else in this franchise before. And boy, did these movies need this. Yeah, it awoke it awoke something in me that <laughs> no other <laughs> performance has in a while. And I'm not saying this is like, you know, Joaquin Phoenix in the master crazy man performance or like even anything out this is its own category of performance it's like if everyone else was in a student film that's where their acting is and jason momoa is just i don't even know how to explain he's like the puppeteer of all of this craziness in this movie and he like is giggling laughing wearing pigtails like just everything everything it's insane um and i again like it's not that it's a good performance but it's the perfect performance for this movie any other movie that performance everyone's like oh my god this is the worst thing i've ever seen but because everything else around him is so seriously absurd that when he's just chaotic absurd it works yeah it's so fun to watch um and back to that student film comment this is something i leaned over in the theater and i said wow this is this acting is like in a student film um and that's like no slight on my friends who i you know went to film school with and were pursuing acting they're clearly students and that's what you're supposed to be you're learning your craft you're a little too sincere in the sincere moments you're a little too emotional you don't you know things are a little heightened or you don't know how to make something that's crazy sound realistic like brie larson again wonderfully talented person yeah she's a very good actress in anything else but when you're being asked to say lines like the agency sent me and i'm doing this because of this and i'm gonna like just spouting all this exposition about someone not even like they've given it an acronym or something they're just calling it the agency yeah and when you're being forced to talk about this like it's the most serious thing in the world you're gonna look stupid and she's being asked to be serious about it and that's why it looks so bad whereas nobody for even one second asked jason momoa to act seriously about this movie yeah and it's every other fast and furious you know what i mean there's nothing in this one that's unique to this one but Someone I, from their past comes back, is hunting them, also after a super weapon of some sort, and they must stop them. But I will say, something that the Fast and Furious franchise does is even though you know they're going to get in a chase scene, or whatever it is, and it's going to be crazy and stupid stuff is going to happen, you never know how they're going to get out of it. And every time they do, it's just bananas we will go into this in spoilers but i want to make sure i bring it up so i remember to talk about it then um and again this is no spoilers right now uh but there is a moment in the third act with john cena (laughs) that had us laughing so hard we were we were like we had to cover our mouths the people around us were here for a serious movie (laughs) and we are cackling in the theater it's uh it was a lot of fun and i i know like this is not the type of movie to go to if you're looking for a serious action movie or any sort of like actual movie but if you just want to watch the dumbest thing you've ever seen and have a great time while you're doing it go see this movie it's worth it um go with a bunch of friends go to the bar beforehand or whatever and just enjoy what this movie is get a big group of people and just all be laughing and having fun don't don't go in expecting the earnest family narrative like that's there from vin diesel because it's vin diesel but it's so funny yeah 
Uh, I think that's really all I have to say for the non-spoiler part. Uh, I will say one last thing I kind of want to touch on. If you are a fan of, like, Michelle Rodriguez's character, and even to some extent, extent any side character who is not Vin Diesel or Jason Momoa, they're, they're, not, all, really, they're yeah. not really in it. They're all sent on wild goose chases, and they're not central to the plot necessarily um and i think that is as much fun as i had with this movie it was a little disappointing that they didn't you know have each of these characters interact with jason momoa because it could have been really fun and i know there's more to come and whatever so there's more time for this kind of stuff to happen but but... like a conversation with roman and jason momoa oh my word it would be insane yeah um and so yeah there's I think for the last four or five movies in this franchise, every time Ludacris and Tyrese Gibson and then Ramsey, I forget that actor's name, um, they end up together and they're always together. Yeah. Michelle Rodriguez is either by herself or with Vin Diesel. Yep. Um, and so it's like, and Sung Kang is, and... Um, Han? No, the Meg guy. Jason Statham. Sung Kang and Jason Statham kind of always just... St- Float from group. Sorry, I couldn't understand what you said. I thought you said the mid guy, and I was like, why is he mid? <laughs> Sorry, continue. Um, so, uh, Jason Statham and Sung Kang's characters kind of, they'll sort of float between groups, but they also stay on the kind of periphery. And I think that's the one thing lacking in this franchise, is they don't suddenly pair people who normally wouldn't have been paired together to see what happens. Like, watching Michelle Rodriguez team up with Tyrese Gibson would be really funny because they are so opposite and they're just but they never really interact ever yeah um and so that's kind of one weakness is there's not a great group dynamic and there's not a lot of testing of these characters they put them right back in the same roles we've seen them all in before but thanks to jason momoa the movie still works yep all right that's it for non-spoilers we are now going to move into spoilers for fast x where to begin (laughs) uh i think we should talk cameos first okay because there's a lot of them and none of them are particularly necessary i would say which is where well i i'll start off talking about pete davidson oh my word we already don't like him we think he's annoying and pointless but in this movie, he's more annoying and more pointless. Literally, no reason for him to be in it. Not even once. My favorite cameo is uh, Debbie Ryan and her husband, Josh Dunn, who just randomly run into John Cena and uh, Dom's son at the airport. That's it. Just bump into them. Don't say anything. That's it. So fun. Um, I just, I love her. I think she's also equally as crazy as Fast and Furious is. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, Pete Davidson shows up. He works at like a weird store that sells stuff on the black market and is just pointless to the story. Yep. Um, And not only is he pointless to the story, that whole thing, it literally is like, oh, we need to go here to get get black market stuff. And then they get there and Pete Davidson turns them in and they go away. And then they're like, oh, we're still in the same position. It adds... Nothing. nothing it and doesn't move a single thing forward. are like weirdly throwing flour or something around yeah, I that i didn't understand and maybe we're just dumb but I it's didn't. not like it's from any of the other movies because we just watched all of them yeah, i don't know what that was um and then also like he just has like magic mushroom muffins that that sun kang takes and it's like why are we and then it's like he only trips out for maybe half a second and then it's just normal yeah so it's like oh we're watching you know tyree skipson and Ludacris get angry at each other and start fighting in the store and they push each other a bunch and start hitting each other and sung kang gets high and it makes weird shapes and then we move on completely yeah very and then weird. he goes to get Jason Statham in the next scene, and I was like, oh, it'd be really funny to if see him, like, high. tripping out and Jason Statham trying to beat him up and stuff because he thinks he's coming for revenge. Um, it would be kind of funny. But no, he's just completely back. And then Jason Statham has a man in his punching bag. Yeah, a weird, almost naked man who just runs away. And they hit him with a car because they don't know he's in the punching bag or whatever, and then he gets out and just runs away and is in the background of shot running as they're just, like, chilling. And it's... It, again, adds nothing. I don't know why it's there, but yeah. it's hilarious. So odd. Um, and then in terms of 
cameos of characters who have come before right at the end um the letty michelle rodriguez and charlie's throne have been stuck in black site prison or whatever and end up having to fight their way out together for reasons and again this is where like michelle rodriguez barely in the is film. barely in the movie and literally it cuts away from the climactic action scene to watch her walk across antarctica for 30 seconds and it's just it again adds nothing other than her fighting charlie's throne for a minute or two and it's like they probably had to do all these things because it's a part one so that they can set up for whatever's to come but like for this one it just yeah. seemed very out of place yeah and it's just every time it cut back it was oh yeah michelle rodriguez is in this movie and um, as they're going across antarctica the submarine that <laughs> cypher had stolen in one of the other movies pulls out of the ice and the door opens and giselle gal Gadot is just in it despite having been thrown from a plane moving 100 miles an hour down a runway in a previous movie because again nobody ever dies in these yeah but it's also like why are they so forgiving like michelle rodriguez is just like oh my gosh and is like smiling if it was me and i found out that my friend not only abandoned you know han who was in love with her and abandoned us and didn't speak with us but she was working with this evil villain who we've been fighting for three movies yeah weird weird choice um and then the other past character there's like a post-credit scene um and the whole build-up to this movie has been the supposed feud between vin diesel and the rock and how the rock refuses to come back and is slagging him off and saying he's awful to work with and i'll never be back in these and vin diesel being like no it's family we've got to do this together or whatever and we wait for your return and i was under the impression that this wasn't happening and the rock would not be in this uh, but he turns around and he's in the in the post credit scene and he's he's looking kind of old. Yeah, I didn't think it was him <laughs> because he he was in like a full mask. I thought they were just alluding that it was him and they were going to kill him off to kind of explain why The Rock wasn't in it. But then he took off his mask and he has a little old gray beard and he's just yeah. hanging out. Yeah, and so it makes me kind of wonder if that was all like a publicity stunt or if they, he just they were like hey we'll literally give you like 50 million dollars because the budget of this movie is like 250 300 million dollars like they probably threw him a good 10 million just to walk on screen for five minutes yeah um five minutes five seconds is more accurate yeah um and so he'll probably be in the next one which i guess is okay i don't know yeah. i'm not enjoying this era of the rock i liked back when he was in like fast five yeah i liked when he was like silly goofy um but whatever yeah so those are those are kind of the cameos. Um, now to speak to that John Cena moment I mentioned earlier. <laughs> John Cena builds himself a car that has a projectile launcher things on either side that shoot out just big hunks of steel. Because of course they do. Sure, and he's using it to blow up cars and whatever. Cool. Because of course he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then at the end, Dom is driving towards a large group of vehicles and there's no way out oh my gosh he's gonna get stuck and so john cena's like i i've got this you know don't worry brother i'm ready to i'm ready to save you and so he turns the guns down and then fires them and launches his car up and over the guardrail and smashes into all the other cars and they all explode but while this is happening his car's in the air and flipping over and he, like, grabs his cross necklace and has this, like, moment of looking heroic and beautiful as he's sacrificing his, his life. His Jesus moment. Yeah. <laughs> and then everything explodes and Dom swerves around it and goes off on his continued adventure. And uh, they, I don't think, ever really reference... I mean, this, this movie ends pretty suddenly and on a huge, quote-unquote, cliffhanger um so yeah but before this happens um john cena is driving with dom's son and their rocket launcher car something and it gets jammed or breaks so he allows this like eight-year-old boy to climb out the window of the car onto... i mean this eight-year-old boy can drive a car better than i can but still gets out of the car 
while they're speeding 100 miles an hour, climbs onto the back and repairs part of it, and is literally talking to him the whole time, like, look what I'm doing, when he knows this man is speeding up to kidnap this child. Like, this whole thing is to protect Dom's son. And he's like, oh yeah, you can get out there by yourself, you're fine. First of all, could have gotten shot, they've been getting shot at this whole time. But then, yeah, Jason Momoa just snatches him off the back of the car, because that's how physics works, and kidnaps him for five seconds and then and then when um all this is happening whatever dom catches up i think it's after john cena's character explodes um helicopters come after them and dom's american muscle car is being it gets those weird two grappling hooks get shot into the side and they're trying to lift him up but because his tires are touching the ground his car can't be lifted up it's pure american muscle and he's driving and somehow staying on the ground with these helicopters (laughs) pulling him up and then um only when he wants to come off the ground to be lifted and dropped down onto the lower level to save his son does that happen and then he turns really fast and makes the helicopters collide with each other and burst into flame and then take out all the other vehicles coming after them and then hits jason momoa's car with his son inside with a helicopter and it just kind of spins a little bit just enough that his son can projectile himself out of the vehicle and land in Dom Dom's car. There is a famous moment in the Hobbit movies where Legolas goes running up some rocks and it just looks so bad because there's no physics for this to be based in and everyone makes fun of that moment. The sun jumping from one car to the other might rival how bad that looked. Like it just... He's, like, moving half a mile an hour and then suddenly just, like, launches forward and then slows back down and lands in the car. Well, they have about 18 shots in this movie that, for some reason, are, like, slow-motion close-ups that look so horrible. Like, some of Dom's arms while they're doing stuff. Like, just yeah. there's There's awful. also a shot in this time before Dom hits his NOS button because that's such a big, you know, heroic moment. Even um, though in the past movies, if you use NOS when your car's on fire, you die. Not in this one, though. Anyway, he, yeah, so he, the the camera does, like, a Deadpool intro spin around the CGI digi-doubles of Dom and his son and the car and move up his arm really awkwardly. Another weird slow-mo shot. Uh, Brie Larson gets shot, and apparently we care about her, despite her being in the movie for maybe five minutes and talking to Dom, I think, once. Um, she gets shot and Vin Diesel's like super upset by this and picks her up and when he goes to pick her up at the end it suddenly it goes from them just like talking at normal speed to suddenly this slow slow mo of him picking her up like it's this great big moment and the music swells the bad guys have left she's just been shot in the shoulder which in these movies is way less than fatal yeah and it's this dramatic carrying her to the car and I'm just like what are we do I swear this movie was written by middle schoolers and edited by people who have only ever watched the last five years of like YouTube and TikTok videos. It's appalling to look at, but kind of in a great way. And I guess like their market is kind of middle school and high school boys. Yeah. So fair enough. You're using the stuff that they do. But yeah. It's a wild wild movie and at the start they almost blow up the vatican yeah but and then of course saves the vatican his pure christian faith catholic faith has uh saved the vatican from a bomb bigger than a car yeah and yeah and like so the the bomb they're dragging or rolling around rome at the start is just rolling and cannot be stopped no matter what it hits it just keeps rolling which is wild um and then at later in the movie like 40 minutes after this bomb has gone off and completely been removed from the premise of the movie, Jason Momoa is like, hey, did you catch that? That was an homage to the fifth movie, which is where, you know, my backstory comes from. I don't know if you caught that my bomb rolling around was an homage to that. And we're all like, 
Yes, yes, Jason Momoa. We caught that. Thank you. I didn't. I didn't understand why that was relevant at all. Well, yeah, I guess then I caught that. <laughs> well, I heard him say it, but I was just like, okay. Yeah, I don't get why he's saying it. Oh. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. the bomb rolls around. Yeah, it's like the fifth movie. Great, cool, move on. But instead, what part they, of the fifth movie? Does dragging the safe around. Oh, okay. That's stupid. It is pretty dumb. But yeah, so Jason Momoa's character is the son of that guy from Rio who... Hernan Reyes, I believe. Who ran the city and they killed him. Yep. Well, The Rock killed him. Yeah. But they caught him and stole all his money. And they retroactively put Jason Momoa into the scenes. Even though we just watched it and he's not in it. (laughs) Which, yeah. So basically it does a mix of shots from the fifth movie and some recreations from the fifth movie to put Jason Momoa into one of the side cars that's trying to help protect his father. And then when that car got knocked over the railing in the fifth movie, suddenly a CGI Jason Momoa goes flying out the side of it. It's ridiculous. And lands in the water. Um, but yeah, so that's their relationship. And now he's after revenge because of all that. And also in part of it, he says, you stole all my money. And Dom says, I didn't steal your money. I burned it, which is not true because they stole like a hundred million dollars. And they only... you... that's what they've been living off of. Yeah, they only burned like a million. So he's a liar. Yeah. And then also he's like, you stole my money, blah, 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 blah. He's continues to be in absurdly wealthy and well off and stuff and he's like i hated my father but i have to get revenge like there's no i don't it also goes into this background that he's just been psychotic his whole life and murderous so you know vibes and he shows it so yeah there's literally he like stabs a guy and then licks the all the blood off the knife which is really weird and gross and then kills these two nerdy tech guys and like tapes their faces into weird silly faces and paints their toenails like he is a bananas person (laughs) so to go way back to the beginning of this movie tyrese gibson really wants to be a leader he said this in past movies and they finally let him lead a mission and ludicrous ludicrous has confirmed the intel for it and they're gonna go to rome to perform a heist um but this is exactly what jason momoa wanted and so it's just a really it all goes wrong and that's how the bomb gets turned loose and whatever um and then they're kind of after that forced to just hide out and so their portion of the movie is just trying not to get caught and go meet other people and again like because this movie just ends um and there's going to be a sequel i'm assuming what they've been putting into place getting jason statham trying to find black market computer stuff all of this is going to pay off in that next movie but in this movie it's very much just like they're going on these side adventures that have no bearing on the main plot of this movie which is vin diesel's son trying to keep him safe and jason momoa trying to torture dom by killing everyone in his life yeah um mia's in it for like two seconds yeah. she protects the son in a fight and is babysitting him and then gives him over to jacob and has to go home to brian and her kids yeah um and then yeah when john cena takes the the son they go on like a little cross-country road trip they hop on a plane they're flying when they get on the plane uh there's a cameo by paul walker's daughter um and she gives him three bottles of smirnoff of like mini smirnoffs and he then gets them down into the like belly of the plane and in there is another like small two-person plane for them to fly out like it's like a kayak plane yeah (laughs) um and he's like okay kid what do you need for ignition you need a fuel and oxygen and a spark or whatever and so he takes three mini bottles of smirnoff and pours them in the gas tank and then hits the start button and it just goes and they're able to fly all the way to portugal and for some reason they make a joke about rosé which is kind of funny john cena's character in this movie does not belong in this franchise it was almost like like an identity thief type character or like you know that kind of comedy 
it wasn't he's meant the, for this. A like goofy uncle on a road trip. Yeah, he's, he's like wearing r- driving his old car from like the eighties, nineties, listening to like old tapes and jamming out and singing. And he's wearing like, a goofy shirt that says like uh, "I have gas" with a little gas pump on it or whatever. And he's yeah. wearing like bright colored bathing suit shorts. Like he's not meant for this genre of movie in this one. Yeah, he's just a silly, goofy little guy, and like. I don't know. I think he would have been funnier in some kind of, like, comedy, which is what he's in when he's not in this. Yeah. And I think part of it is, like, he looks like he's dressed to be in a comedy. He, like, looks like he's going to be funny. And they don't really give him any jokes. Yeah. Like, he's still a serious, And the ones he has, like, doesn't land because it's not that kind of movie. Yeah. So, like, him, like, singing the song just kind of comes out awkward a little bit, but... If it was in any other movie, it would have been really funny. Or, like, um, what part did we really laugh at? The one joke that kept hitting was him talking about the son swearing. And he says, swear words are for song lyrics and stubbed toes only, which was so funny. And then, eventually, you know, he his car rocket launches and blows someone up because he's, you know, allowing this child to be a murderer. And the child is the one shooting the bombs at people. And he's like no, you can swear now. It's for song lyrics, stub toes, and like super cool explosions or whatever. Or yeah. whatever so, Yep. Um, yeah, and so that's kind of... Oh, they blow up the team at the end. Supposedly someone shoots that rocket at the plane that all the team is in. Oh, yeah. And they crash into like a mountain. So we don't know if they're okay, but I'm assuming they are because no are one dies. They are because no one dies in these, yeah. So they, yeah, and not only does the plane like explode it explodes kind of off screen it gets hit and it's veering and then it turns behind a mountain and then like five seconds later a bit of an explosion comes out from behind the mountain so there's and roman warns and it's them. over water yeah roman warns them before they get hit he's like guys duck so i'm assuming they yeah. jump out they're fine they're fine i am almost certain because the guy who runs the agency is secretly a bad guy shocking we never would have guessed a character that just got introduced would secretly be bad and not only that, but the guy who's pretending to be the good guy, just like in the previous agency eight movies <laughs> movie, where um, we think the the girl who's helping the rock yeah. is supposed to be a a good guy helping them, and then she turns out to be part of the the bad guys in the sixth one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, been here before, seen that before, but yeah, honestly despite us saying it's all really dumb and we've seen this all before in every other fast and furious movie jason momoa makes this movie worth it yeah i would go just to see him honestly yeah but yeah that wraps up our thoughts on fast x are they right yeah, this is the finish line i'm not afraid All right. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. Uh, Make sure you follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Nerd and Normie and tune in every Monday for a new episode. And whatever platform you're listening on, please give us a five-star review or if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. Thank you. Thank you.